Welcome to the Victory Speaks Inspired Conversation Series, where iron sharpens iron. That's you and me sharpening each other. I am your host, Nicole Waldron, your voice of victory and your mental fitness coach. And I'm on a mission to create inspiring life conversations with everyday experts, unsung heroes and thought leaders that will empower us to live a victorious lifestyle. As you join me on this journey through these inspired conversations, I hope you will be inspired to have intentional conversations that will lift you up and enhance your life. No matter the type of conversations we have, good, bad, funny, you name it, it can all be inspiring. Tonight, I invite you to get comfy, get a nice drink or snack, grab a notepad, as you just never know when a wisdom key can be dropped. Please share this with your friends and get ready to engage with us. Welcome tonight, tonight, tonight. It is season three. This is the opener and I am so excited and I'm so glad that you're taking the time to join us to be here with me tonight. It is the last night of Black History Month 2022 and we're going to keep it real. We're going to have a conversation beyond conversation. The two people joining me tonight are mentors to me. They are friends to me. They have become brother and sister to me. And you know, Nicole, I am the emotional one, so who knows where this conversation is going to go. So we're going to keep it real with the Black Canadian content creators, and I'm not one of them. Can you believe I am a content creator? Now I'm sitting with the guru, so I'm a little nervous here, y'all. So now my first up is Shirley Joseph, and she was born in Montreal and is an accomplished podcast and radio host. She's a producer and an entrepreneur. She's the co-founder of the Chanella Network, a podcast collective and production company, and People of Canada Images talk website as well. Now, she is the co-founder of Black Canadian Content Creators on Facebook's headquartered in, guess what? The TDA Toronto. She has syndicated back-to-back podcasts. She started a Facebook group called Black Canadian Content Creators. Now, if you're one of them, you better join. And she's even launched the production side of her network company, Park Images. Now, you're going to learn a little bit about that. You may want to be on that. You may need to use it, too. And so the second person up tonight is Casey Palmer. Now, Casey is a father of two, husband to one, second to none. I just love that line, Casey. Casey's a Canadian dad from Toronto, Ontario, who shares his fatherhood journey at Casey Palmer, Canadian dad, one of the few places to find fatherhood content in the great white north. He shares his story because it's different. He's a black father. He comes from a multicultural family. His family's an urban family looking to thrive in the city rather than run out to the suburbs like so many families have before him. So now, folks, get ready. Get ready. Give them a warm Canadian, a warm Torontonian, a warm Black Creators. Welcome to my friends, my brothers, my sisters. Well, sister and brother, what can I say? You guys are just supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Welcome, Shirley and Casey, to the show. Thank you. How thank are you, you doing tonight? Thank you. Hello, Why, hello, hello. Your, your intro, your intro just basically slapped me in the face awake. I was like, what What was, what just happened? That's thank you, my brother. brother. Well that's done, Nicole. Well done. Well done. Oh, you mean the beginning? Oh, yeah, season three. Girl. Oh, no. That's season it. three intro. I was like, yo, the movie trailer? I was like, <laughs> Right? I was like, wait a second. Are we going on a journey? This is an adventure? This is a journey. This is Where's a journey into sword? victory. This is a journey into victory. Did you guys like it? 
Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's it's probably I've been on a lot of shows and a lot of lives, and that's the first time where I was just kind of like, what just happened? <laughs> good, good. Um li- listen, you guys inspire me, and I know I had to come good. I was so nervous about today. And so, how are you guys doing? Busy, um, uh, in much better space, energized. Mm-hmm. You know, it's still early in the year. We're wrapping up Black History Month. Oh, the Black History Month. Oh, Shirley, be going in. Casey's been killing it, though, with Black History Month. He's been like, hey, I'm Black, y'all. I'm Black, y'all. I'm here, y'all. <laughs> I'm I'm just ready for a nap, y'all. That's where I'm at, yo. The black fatigue is real, but uh, now nah, it's been 2022 has been a, a challenging year so far, but also it's been a good one. Uh, lots of opportunities, lots of uh, spaces tell truths, and you know oh. have lots of good conversations about things. So it's been it's been good. It's just we're like Shirley said, we're like a sixth through the year. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh! Listen, I've been seeing you on CDTV. I've been seeing you everywhere. Like Casey, like you're just slaying it, and you know with what you're doing. And you mentioned Black History Month. You know, with the pandemic, um, how do you find things have changed? Do you feel there's been a shift or a difference this year in 2022 since we've been through two years of a of a locked, full lockdown and semi lockdown? Has the, how what's the difference you find it? Uh, for Black Canadian content creators and being a Black man? Yeah, that's a good question. Thank you, Nicole. Uh, I feel like 2020, uh, Black History Month, we're kind of just like, you know, I think it was like business as usual because it was right before the pandemic. 2021 was the first time in in what I call the post-George Floyd era where, Uh you know, we'd basically gone through uh, 10 months by that point of just trying to figure things out and try to figure out what the world looks like. And I think we were almost like, I think a lot of people, a lot of black people and content creators were just exhausted by oh, 2021's Black History Month, just because, you know, you had like from May till what, August, September was just like in your face, in your face, in your face. And then we had some time to kind of like recalibrate, but then we've yeah. been talking about it for so long by that point that we're just kind of like, we're like done Everyone just wanted to take a break, and it was it was well earned and well deserved. Yeah. And then this year has been more kind of getting back into it, and I think the result of what happened back in 2020 is that now we're just a lot more open about things, and instead of trying to perhaps you know get a front and center and be like, hey, pay attention, we're like we're just going to spit this truth. And if you're going to pay attention, great. If not, well, we're still going to say the same thing. So y'all, y'all deal with it. Y'all figure this out. And I think that's probably even a healthier approach to it than maybe we've had in the past. It's funny. I'm, you're spot on. I agree with Casey, but there's also a shift I find mm-hmm. this year, 2020. And since this the last day of black history month, there's an interesting take on, how as black creators or black people we are taking we're shifting the way that black history month is presented i think we're all exhausted i've no i know i've spoken to so many creators friends we're like you know black people is not about just slavery you know we're yes, inventors, come on now. right we're we're inventors we create you know what i mean like um we're we're leaders we're 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 creating tables now, right? Uh-huh, and, uh-huh. and because of us creating our own tables, it's it's uh, so many people I know have gained opportunities because other 
you know, non-black spaces want to work with us because you're like, oh, wow, like y'all are building a, a table that's really different than ours. And we want to know, like, uh, what's that about? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, can you bring some of that spice at our table? So I'm, I'm seeing that a lot. Like I've had to you know, I said to a friend of mine, and I've I've turned down a few organization because they're like, "Hey, do you want to be part of this campaign? It's uh, it's Black History Month, and we want to talk about um, this this person who was part of slavery and 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 made changes, and it's wonderful and it's great. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. great that at least like we're recognizing." Black people during that time that have made changes, but it still leans on the whole suffering, slavery, right. Black pain porn that I call. Yeah. And, you know, so, um, so I've had to say like, thanks, but no thanks. I really want to shift the way we're doing Black history. And it's not just about, Black people is not just about slavery. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's beyond that. And it's also about celebrating the people today. Now, let's not wait until like they're past and gone. Let's like celebrate you're talking, you're talking their greatness language. now um, is an amazing shift that I'm seeing, not just in Canada, but like so many creators are pushing that this year, which is pretty dope. Yeah, it reminds me of something that you said, and I made sure and I made note of it, you know, because I know one of the things you said you believe is when you hear, I don't see color, whether, you know, people realize it or not. What you said you've heard is that you don't see me and what you feel is the hue of my skin is a casual dismissal. Um, and all of what you do is to help change this narrative in order to move humanity into seeing the beauty of our differences. What made you make that statement, Sure. I mean, I see with my family, Casey, I'm sure can relate mm -hmm. <laughs> because we are like, you know, multiracial, like we are, I'm in a interracial relationship and having like my kids and seeing how they see the world as, as, you know, multiracial kids, I'm, it, it's really about embracing changing that narrative like there was something wrong to see mm -hmm. blackness yes which it isn't you know it is part of me and i i and i want to in many non-white non-black spaces to mm -hmm. normalize like to really uh for people to see every aspect of who i am you know and and how I, I i identify as a black woman and i want you to see me as such you know let's not i'm I'm in a very interesting space in my life where I really am not, I am unapologetic in terms of my blackness. And if it makes you uncomfortable, then you need to move out the way, <laughs> you know? So, um, and if you have, but if you're open and you have questions and you wonder about like this uncomfortability that you have mm -hmm. towards my blackness, like we can talk about it, um, but, yeah, it's it's just about like let's just be in reality and not play pretend because it didn't work before. <laughs> I like that though. I like that. It's that piece on the entire comfort and convenience for the person who's choosing not to see color. Because basically, you're saying that if you're choosing not to see color, you're thinking that you can solve all the ills of the world when it comes down to race relations with the mm -hmm. same brush, where everyone goes through the same experience. It's just like everyone at the end of the day is human, 
but mm-hmm. part of our human identity is race, it's culture, it's language, it's all religion, all these other facets that make up yes. our own intersectionality and identity. And if you just choose not to see any of it and treat everyone the same, you're completely doing identity erasure and basically taking away all the pieces of themselves that make up their own individual experiences and just saying, no, you are, you know, it's like you are a brick. I know you are heavy. I will lift you. That is what a brick does. Humans do not operate the same way. We are multifaceted and you can't just say, hey, I want to treat you all the same because we all are the same, you know, makeup of DNA and bones and blood and everything else. There's there's a lot more that goes into it. So it's it's well-intentioned, but very short-sighted. Yeah, and I it, I, I love what Speak you said. That identity erasure piece, that, yeah. that 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 piece there, that word, that wording there, identity erasure. Come on now, it's it's the entire idea of like you know it's it's whether it's intentional or unintentional, it's the entire idea that parts of people's identity are not prioritized or don't matter as much because they don't fit the narrative of what you think it is to you know have be fair or have uh, equality or equity across the board. So because you like X, you think all people must like X because you want to be treated Y, you think all people want to be treated Y when really a lot of those things are, are really informed by our own individual experiences or own cultural sensitivities and things of those nature. So if we choose to just say, I don't see color, if we choose to just think um, of a stereotypical approach to things or believe that, you know, just because one black friend likes things, all black friends must like the same thing, you are erasing so many elements of what makes us individuals and the things that build us into the people that we are. And so uh, identity erasure is what is just the, it's a thing that we do without knowing we're doing it more often than not. And the more we get to talk to different kinds of people and bring different people to our circles, the more we realize that, you know, these terms like I don't see color while we mean them innocuously are actually really damaging with our perspective of the world. So we have to be super careful about that. Go ahead, Shirley. I know you're ready. I know you're ready, girl. No, I, I hundred. He, I mean, he said what he said. I totally agree, man. Like a hundred percent. You know, it's. I think that's what creates for people to be depressed um, because mm-hmm. you you're compressing, um, and you're you're continuously compressing aspects of yourself. We for so long, our parents' generation and before that was really trying to push you know, binary thinking, right? There's there's up and down and and black and white or, you know what I mean? Or, or straight or non-binary, like all of that thing. And human beings are complex. The world is complex, you know what I mean? They're different. Uh, that's what makes the planet so amazing. It's the differences and complexities of of life makes it interesting. You know, if it was just binary on everything, I mean, it's, it's, what's that movie? Do you know, remember that movie with um, Reese Witherspoon where they, they go into like this old world and it's all black and white. And it's until people started kind of looking at themselves, then the world started becoming a little bit more colorful. And then one day, like people were in color type of thing. Ah, I can't remember the name of the movie, but um, well, I can remember and drop it in the chat after. <laughs> yes, but it's 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 like that. Like it's it's binary type of way of thinking and moving that it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. And I think, well, as you're speaking, Casey, I think that's what happened with COVID. 
oh. as well, this pandemic really made people look at how, how complex things are. And it's not so black and white or up and down as it is. And it's, it's much more, there's so many variables and nuances in how we feel, how we see ourselves, how the world is, how we identify, how we love, like all of that, you know, was I think very challenged during the pandemic, you know? And so now like even the way we work, right? Like how like this idea of like, you know, going into the office all the time and now you're seeing spaces of you either work from home, like for me, it's very hybrid, right? So sometimes I work from home, sometimes it's like everything, this whole pandemic has really challenged all these kind of binary thinking and ways of, of moving uh, and put a lot of things into question, which is dope for, you know, if you're right. open to change or very challenging for someone who has difficulty with change. So it's an interesting where have time. You come from, where have you come from interracial relationships? And before we get into the whole, more of the Black content creators, as we're talking about Black History Month, we're talking about race and, you know, equity and how people see us. How has, how have things evolved for you in the pandemic, you know, during this? And have you seen a shift? Because Casey, like when I look at some of the interviews you've done and some of the questions you've had and, and the way that you've answered those questions, Casey, um, has been really inspiring and really thought of, and it's been bold. You've had bold, courageous conversations, you know, coming from that space. Has it been for you? Has it been for your children? Uh, Casey, go ahead and then jump over to you, Shirley. You know what? It's been really interesting because um, I think people grew really accustomed to like the entire friendly Casey, if you will, like the only one who's just like, I'm going to tiptoe <laughs> around these things. And we're not really going to talk about that. Like, yeah, no, these are tough topics, but let's like, like, let's not talk about that. And then the last two years, I just kind of went in. <laughs> and so it's like, you know, someone's saying something that's like, if I've, I've literally been in interviews where people ask some really ignorant questions and I'm like, yeah, yeah, here's where we're going to correct you on that one. Or just, you know, people have really wanted to go deep on, uh, what it's like to navigate a world where, you know, your children don't necessarily know what identity camp they fall in. And, you know, a lot of the things that they're going to have to face, a lot of things I'm going to have to teach them as a black dad, et cetera. And I just kind of embrace it all at this point, you know, like I feel that the pandemic gave me a lot of opportunity to really dive deep into who I am, what I'm all about, um, the things that will power me, empower me to like, you know, actually do work to the best of my ability, because I've been at this a long time. I mean, it's been, you know, I, I mean, oldest kid is eight. So I've been doing dad blogging for eight, nine years. I've been doing blogging before that and journaling for another dozen years. I have years before that of building websites. So I've been online forever and a day. But, you know, it's gone from really surface level stuff like restaurant reviews or tech reviews or things like that to like, here's the core elements of what I'm all about. And if we can't work with that, then we don't need to work together. Like it's, I, I feel a lot of what Shirley was saying earlier is the, and the entire idea of the fact that people really don't understand 
us as individuals at times or understand Mm -hmm. what we are striving to communicate to others. And we need to make sure that, you know, we're all on the same page. And so that means being able to share a lot more of our truths. It means being able to have a very honest depiction of ourselves in a digital space. And I think a lot of people aren't there yet. A lot of people haven't grown the comfort level to go out and just really say what's on their mind or on their soul. Uh, And it means we work in a skewed industry where, you know, things that we say can still be seen as shocking or jarring, but I think it's where we need to move to. So if yeah. I'm going to be at one of the front runners of that, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm good. You Let's are, make it happen. You are certainly a front runner and you're an inspiration. Shirley, how has it affected, you know, you or your family, you know, this, this, this pandemic and, and, and being in an interracial relationship? Um, not much. I mean, my whole me being on like, like I've been podcasting since 2010 and the focus of the podcast was mainly that, right? It's us being an interracial couple and being, you know, we wanted to start a blog, but we figured we're not writers, <laughs> you know, and, you know, took my radio broadcasting background and discovered podcasting because one day I I won an iPod Nano in 2010 and it changed my life uh, because I was like, oh, shoot, it's not so restrictive like radio. And um, you know, I could say whatever I want. Shout, shout out to the iPod Nano. <laughs> no, no, no. I just aged myself, didn't I? <laughs> All the children are like, what's an iPod? What, what's an iPod? That's like saying, what's a cassette player? <laughs> you right. <laughs> what's a VHS? Right. But, you know, our show is really about because we were, we always talk, our kids always make fun of us. Like, this is how, this is their impression of us. They're like, blah, 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 racism. Blah, 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 microaggression. Blah, 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 police brutality. That's how they I'm so it's like too much. I'm done. I'm done now. I'm done now. Can we stop? Can we just change a conversation? I mean, you know, it makes you think about, you know, the, the young children now, their experience is different than ours, yet they're about to experience what we've experienced for years because certain things have changed, but some things have remained the same. So to hear them say, blah, 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 is, you know, it's really interesting to, to, to hear their re- reaction to hearing mom and dad talking about it all the time and trying to educate the folks. And it's, it, I mean, and my kids are like, we have a 13, 14 and, and our son who's like 21. It's a very interesting age. And I'm so excited for you when you get to that age, Casey, because I'm also learning like what, like I, what I was saying earlier, like we started the show really as, hey, do other interracial couples think like us where we were never the couple that said, I don't see color. Um, we always challenged ourselves and talked about race. Um, it's an interesting dynamic. I know dynamics are very different com- in comparison to like, like me being a black woman and him being a white man. And, and I'm sure it's pro- more likely different for you, Casey, right? So to, to be <laughs> experienced, to have access to how the white world moves around him is unbelievable because he's like, I always make fun of him, but I'm like, you're like, like in the society and the world we live in today, yeah. you hit the jackpot. Like everything yeah. is built for you. Like it's, it's wild. It's wild to see 
how the world moves around him in comparison to me. And he sees that with me as well, you know? So we talk about that, you know, we talk about these differences and how, you know, we could read the news, but see it in a completely different way. Um, and so that's what the show, like originally the show was called Chonilla. We changed it to Shirley and Clove podcast. And, um, and it's now, you know, fast forward where our kids are older, I'm in a new phase with my kids because these kids are really, and we talked about identity, right? You mentioned, talked about identity. At their age, them being um, mixed is a whole new thing that mm -hmm. I'm learning. There are things, experiences that I will never, as much as I talk to them and um, about, you know, being mixed black, but to see this new generation where they're really embracing, they're like, their thinking is we don't do, we don't do this whole, that paper, uh, what was it, the, the, you know, like that 1%. So the, the, when you went up the right. paperback test? The paper, yeah. The, the paperback test. And I was just thinking about color. You know, you were talking about the kids. And I was thinking about colorism. And I don't know if you've seen, um, you know, for Dark Girls, Dark Girls 1 and Dark Girls 2 by uh, D. Chansonberry. And um, he just, uh, um, it's it's really interesting to, to when we talk about colorism, how it's so alive in this day and age. And mm -hmm. he released it in uh, 2019. And listening to the conversations that that men and women are having and women in particular are having around colorism and being lighter versus darker and you know the dark person is not so good looking or so pretty or you're you know comments when you're you're pretty for a dark girl or you're pretty for you're handsome for a dark guy and um <laughs> and you know listening to to even you know black women in the continent bleaching their skins till this day because you know the world has socialized and taught taught us that, and even in the Caribbean, you know that oh you're you're light skinned you you know you're mixed yes. oh she oh my God you're married to you're married to a white man or a white woman you're going to have pretty babies, and I'm telling you we need I think we're gonna to have to have a show just around this we're gonna to have to bring on the couples, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and have the conversation because. It's real. I see. I see your face, Casey. Casey's um, like, ah. you know, it's um, we may have to do it in a private Zoom, maybe to start. I don't know. Um, I know it's going to be one where we're going to need a counselor at the end of it all, um, because it's going to be raw and it's going to be real, and you know, and then you know. I know we're supposed to be talking about black content creators, but we you know yes, it's black yes. history month. But I know, you but know, we're, we're, we're in this we're in this zone. I said, you know, I know I don't know where this conversation is going to go tonight. But when I when I think about the two of you, and as content creators, and then an interracial relationship, so you get to navigate the spaces from two ends of the spectrum, and then you have children, and then I could only imagine. I just had this vision in my head of the two of you going on a double date, and people trying to people thinking, you know not even realizing they would probably think that surely you were Casey's wife and what would be the reaction? What well, it would be a great test. What would be the reaction? I said, no, this is my husband. Close my husband, you know, not Casey. And, and what would that be? And how, what would that experience be like? 
and then with your children around the mix like how do we you know it's educating the children and i'm gonna just we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna wind down on this piece here but when i think about casey I, and i know you were on on city tv the other day and um and you know you had some questions and when I think about, you know, your children, how are you educating your children in this space? Um, you know, like Danny Stone is even saying, like, colorism is definitely alive. Lots of rappers still rap about it. Um, Joan is saying, you two are very intelligent and interesting individuals while sharing, you know, the now truth. And, um, you know, so Danny is right there on the money. People always say you have good hair, usually for women of men of lighter complexion. Listen, but let's talk about the hair. Like people go, is that a wig or weave? Like, no, brethren. This is my natural hair. I born with it. How did you get it so curly? Well, I wet it, I washed it, I conditioned it, and uh, I came out of the shower like this with a little bit of moisturizer, you know? So it's those conversations where people say, don't touch my hair. Like all those things, but I knew I asked you a question, Casey, because this this piece of the this piece of the thing here is like I'm just thinking of your kids, and your kids must have curly hair, and you know they're going into the playground, and somebody wants to touch their hair. How do you deal with this? Yeah, it's it's layers, honestly, because okay, so let me let me try and tackle this from a few different approaches. So there's the entire idea of them being mixed kids um, okay. and I want them to embrace all parts of them. So whereas, you know, there's the side of me that's just like, you know, here's what black culture has been for me and how it impacts you. And some, you know, between books, music, movies, um, foods, we try to just keep them on the pulse of just kind of like where, I've come from where my family's come from. We're, you know, we're from, we're Jamaican. Uh, that my parents came up here in the, my grandparents came up here in the 60s and then my parents came up here in the 70s. And we just kind of explain that and how it's molded into the, what is part of their culture now. Um, so there's that. But the problem perhaps with that is that because they're in a part of Toronto that is super, super white, <laughs> like it's, I'm an outlier to them. Like they okay. more readily see me as a black person than they see their mom as white. Their mom is just normal. That's just right. a lot of people around us look like mommy. So for them, it's just kind of like they're more ready wow. to identify that daddy is one who looks different and he can see me from like a block away, whereas mommy blends in with the crowd. So they haven't really identified so much with their black side just because that's not what they see around them i guess the most exposure they have to blackness is me and my family and that's going to present itself strangely as they get older mm -hmm. because you know there's a lot of things that from my experience are just like you know these are just integral to the black canadian experience when it comes down yeah. to how you carry yourself uh the things you think about the things you know you do or do not do in public but like when you are the one mixed kid in a group of like a dozen white friends <laughs> like do you yeah do you still remember those rules or are you playing to what the majority of the crowd does and as they get older i get i start challenging them a little more my eight-year-old is at a point now where uh, he'll bring home the things that he believes to be true or things that have been influenced from his friends at school where I have to push back on him and say, well, here's why that won't work. And I try Ooh. to dissect it with him all the time and be, you know, this is why you can say you can't do this in public. And I don't really lean so much on the fact that it's because he's, you know, a, a 
the one drop rule and he's a half black child. I'm more just kind of like, you know, their family does this, our family does this. And I'm still really framing it in the lens of you belong to this family. Therefore, this is the way it works. Right. And then give me another few years and it's going to be like, okay, and here's a way the world is entirely unfair and you got to watch yourself. You got to check yourself before you wreck yourself because uh, it, can, it just takes one wrong move sometimes for things to go awry. And, you know, I've, I've made it through these decades so far by following some very, very basic rules for my parents. And I'm hoping that I can do the same for them. But it's, uh, yeah, they, I think the more things change over the years, some things unfortunately still stay the same. And I know that I have, I, it's it's on me, basically. It's mm -hmm. on me and this family to make sure that these kids can thrive as much as possible because I know that, um, you know, my wife, she contributes certain things to the table, obviously, but she doesn't have that same lived experience. So if they don't go out there, too, right? yeah, right? So if they don't, if they go out there and they're not aware of how they can be perceived or how certain decisions will impact them, that's on me. And so I've worked really hard to make sure that I'm trying to be aware of, um, you know, who they are, their personalities and the ways they think, who they have around them to make sure I understand who their friends are and the things that are happening in their environments and ensure that I'm always, you know, open to them and try not to like, you know, if I were to take the, let's call it the, the old trope of like what a black mm -hmm. man is and be like completely like unapproachable. That, that I'd be like just a scary dad who they can never yeah. talk about anything because I just like chastise them. I'm trying to be the opposite of that. Like I, I'm, I'm huge on discipline. Discipline and respect are like my love languages, basically. <laughs> Where I'm like, it's like, you don't have to love me, but you will. You don't have to like me, but you will respect me. You will. And, right. and you know, I say something, they do it right away because they know. But at the same time, I also have a lot of heart to hearts for them. So they understand that, you know, there's a time for those deep conversations and a time to just fall in line. And, and it's helped like they they're willing to come to me with their problems and they don't lie to me about what happens at school and things like that so and we work through things together it's just uh, a bit of a dance back and forth to make sure that i can be the dad they need at any given time and it's hard but yeah uh do you, really so do you show the image to your kids that they should identify did you mean identify um wendy as black or mixed? i think so um i'm I'm not even there yet. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, gonna, go ahead. Gonna I was going to say, go like, ahead, as they get older, as they get older, I'm definitely going to lean on this a bit more right now. They're just like, you are who you are, and we're going to build on that. But surely, you go ahead. It's funny. That's it, I, The question is the perfect timing because I was going to segue on piggyback on what you're saying, Casey. In my experience with my kids is I, I was, okay, like maybe it was the Haitian side. That was like, ah, you're black, y'all. You're black, y'all, to my kids. <laughs> <laughs> and what's interesting, though, at their age, and that's what I was going to say earlier, is that I'm learning from them and how these kids are really taking, they're breaking this idea of the paper bag test and the one drop oh. rule. And the way that they've been kind of educating me, because for a long time, I'm like, yeah, you're, you know, this is one of the poignant things that I've, told them when they were young is because I saw an interview with Lenny Kravitz and Lenny Kravitz mom one day was said something to him when he was young which I loved and I shared that with my kids is that you are black and white that is the reality oh. you are black and white but when you step out that door you're black and you're going to be treated as such so remember that you know what I mean so 
And I think it really stuck with them. And as they are older now, being teens and tweens, they are all about, they're like, mom, that this whole paper, you know, that whole one drop rule. No, we are embracing that we are black and white. We tell people we are black and white, but I understand and I, we've, we've educate them, educated them on colorism, not just on the white side, but black side. I've told yeah. my kids, there are going to be white people are never going to see you as like, they're not going to take that reality that you have whiteness in you. Do you know what I mean? Because it you are black and white. I think we need like a whole show. It's a whole thing. My whole thing is that. We're going to the clove and Shirley show because we're going to have to have a little breakdown because I'm even thinking now of. You said something there, Shirley. Because I'm learning so much from them on on how they. But this is what I'm saying. We need to bring the kids into the conversation, get their viewpoint. Because at the end of the day, I also think about their mental health and wellness, like navigating the world, having, you know, interracial parents and then their own selves and then when they go to school how they're dealing with themselves at home and then how they have to deal with themselves going out in the world and depending on if they're a girl or a boy there's differences there's uniqueness to how they have to to face the world and and i'm going to swing this now into when i look at it now as black canadian content creators and now people are coming to you to create to speak to, to do to do you know whether it's graphics or do a blog like it must be so interesting but what is before I even go there what is a content creator because I don't think people realize sometimes they may just think it's just the the you know you're designing a fly and stuff but if you were to break down what a Canadian or a let's not even Canadian a content creator is what what is a content creator I go to you were chomping at bits. all right (laughs) the content content creators okay so anyone who's out there creating content that tells a bit of their story um that tells that is pushing an idea that is doing something that you know can be consumed by others as a content creator now that said what we've learned over the years is that there's good content creators and I won't say bad content creators, but definitely. Eh. <laughs> right. So it's just like you know, you you I I the main thing is that people are all about authenticity, right? And you want to make sure that you're able to like come out there and do things in a way that people can feel what you're trying to actually communicate to them. So a lot of people get lost in the entire like you know, is this a pretty picture or is like does this sound good? But it's really the soul. It's what you can make people feel. And can you communicate things in such a way that people understand where you are coming from in your spirit, your soul, your emotions, etc. And that's what took me a long time to figure out, to figure out how to communicate what I wanted to say in a way that, you know, people would really resonate with what I'm trying to say. So, for example, um, as I, I'm working on a book right now called Black Dad Matters, which is uh, about this book. <laughs> it's been a, it's been a journey. It's about the Black fatherhood experience and trying to basically and the subtitles because we're more than just the headlines, and so we're just basically trying wait, to wait, 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 you know, we g- give the whole title again. Shirley, did you hear that title? Did you hear the title of this book? Yeah. Black Dad Matters. 
<laughs> Black Dad matters because we're more than just the headlines. Wow. And we're trying to we're trying to move beyond the entire idea of this like entire stereotype of how black fathers are being represented in popular media and show the love, show the you know the things that matter to black fathers when it comes down to being able to show that there these are real things we want our children to grow up with and to do in order to overcome racism in order to overcome discrimination to find themselves in better situations than we were growing up uh but i'm really trying to break it down in a way that people understand you know what is blackness and how does that shape the entire culture in which we exist in what is a black father and who how, who have they had to be and become in order to make sure that they can be successful in fatherhood and trying to break all that down so that it's it's just easy for others to understand uh, the drivers that really make us, you know, who we are. And that is, it's probably the ultimate form of expression of anything I've put together so far, just because I had to dig deep. I've, I've gone through stories. I've, I've had right. chats with my right. elder statesman family members. And it's just kind of like, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot that goes into something like this because you want it to matter. You want people to understand, you know, what it is you're trying to articulate to all of them. So it's, it's, if you're going to be a good content creator, you want to make sure that you're taking everything that is who you are and that's in there and that it gets out to people in a way where it's just kind of like, this is what I'm trying to tell you. And you'll, you get to a point where you realize if you've done it correctly. Like I know now that if I take the time to package something together and put it out there i know it's being received the way i intended for it to be received and that's so now you're doing it from the writing side but but surely you're more the the podcast the video what what tell us tell us about yourself as a content creator and then we're going to get into this directory and what it's about yes funny um i was at a retreat and someone who had an amazing product i really thought it was like a modern day form of reparation where basically mm -hmm. predominantly white people would subscribe to this box to learn about racism. And then a big, big percentage of the money would go to activists. And I thought this was a brilliant way mm -hmm. of reparation. I bring this up because when we were having a conversation about being a podcaster and she said to me, you know, you're like, you're not really a podcaster, surely. And I said, what do you mean? You know, because it was a retreat. It, it, I, I was invited to this retreat in Jamaica years ago. And mm -hmm. it was, I was surrounded by these amazing activists, all Black women. And I was like, and my friend who organized it, I was like, what am I doing here? Like, I'm yeah. not. I'm not in the front line. I'm not like a lot of the people, this was before George Floyd, right? So a lot of the women were there are very either active with Black Lives Matter somewhat, but mostly like in their own, like they were part of Ferguson's, you know, what was happening with Mike Brown and all that kind of thing. And I was like, what am I doing here in this retreat? And then she said, well, you're not a podcaster. You know that, right? And I was like, what are you talking about? I am. And she's like, no, you're actually a content curator curator Ooh. i was like oh what do you like wait expand on that she's like well the reason you're here is because you're using your platform to explain our movements because people are way too pissed with us but they're gonna right. listen to you you know they're pissed at us because we're the ones who's blocking the highways in order mm -hmm. to be heard in order for movement to 
to, to have attention on the movement, right? But you are a voice because you are explaining what the movement is about. People, you've built the trust with your audience. You're explaining to them what BLM stands for, what it's about, like, or all these things, you know, the news that you choose to talk about, like the fact that with our show, when it was, when it was Chonilla, um, how we speak about the news from a perspective of a black woman and right. from black men is completely different. We are curators of content, you know, and, and that's the meat of what content creators do, mm -hmm. right? Whether it's in podcasting, whether it's blogging, you curate what's going on around you, how it affects you, how you see it, and you put it in writing in a blog or you record it as a podcast or doing something what you're doing now, right? With this live feed. And that's what a content creator is, whether they do it digitally, right. you know, when, or music is another way of curating content. When Beyonce made that amazing album that I honestly think she should have had the Grammy. Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> I see you, Adele. It's cool you gave her props, but you should have just given her the, the, the award. Oh, we're doing a Beyonce Adele award yeah, here. Yeah, but she curated her feelings of what it felt to be right. in a relationship and was cheated on and how she curated that music and explained like, Every I love how you're doing this, Shirley. Nuances yeah. of what it felt like going from I'm really pissed off you did this, F you, I'm out of here, I'm grabbing my kids to you know what? Let's we're gonna work it out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's the whole you know how she curated her feelings. Mm. So that's what I think content creators are about. It's using their creativity to curate feelings or their experiences or what they what they've read or what they've experienced in the digital or physical I need form. you guys to curate some of my stuff that's what i need you to do i need you to curate some of my stuff just saying shirley and casey and okay so you guys are curators you're coming together shirley i, I learned so much from you in 2020 as you were sitting there with you know tristan and doing your stuff and then you introduced me to casey and it's it's amazing in this little time that we have just become like, you know, and I love how you, you just champion each other. And, I, and behind what you're doing, like, you know, with your Black Canadian content creator, Shirley, you're championing other creators to share and to come on and tell us all about what you're doing. And now the two of you have come, come together with Kaya to create the Black Canadian content that creators content directory. Casey, why is it so important that you had to to really do this and make sure you you were specific and saying it was for Black Canadians. Can I just say it's Kaya, by the way? Kaya. Didn't I say Kaya? I no, you Kaya. said Kaya. Girl, I kept Kaya. You, you so corrected sorry. Nicole oh, and you made my mistake like a dozen times. I know, I know. <laughs> That's why I know. Kaya, forgive me. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, oh. Okay. Okay. I said it with love. I said it with love. It was okay. said with love. Okay. Okay. I said it with love. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> okay. So, um, it's funny because what happened is um, one one of the big things that you know I've learned from Shirley over time is the importance of representation and building community. Right. So with mm -hmm. the uh, Black Canadian content creators, which is now being renamed to Black Canadian creators, it was trying to bring together. 
um, all these black creators across Canada and build a space for ourselves where we had as much visibility as possible so that we could support each other and be able to do more projects and collaborations together to show that we're out here doing stuff. But the, what was what we were both finding as a problem, Shirley and myself, is that, you know, it was good because we had this Facebook community of all these creators, but no one else was seeing that, right? Like mm -hmm. we all knew it existed, mm -hmm. but people didn't know we existed, you know? So anytime we had like campaigns going on with brands or people trying to like organizations trying to find people and stuff like that, you have a lot of the entire, oh, well, we don't know where the creators are in Canada. We don't see, like we, we go to the same five, 10 people every time because those are the only ones we know about in the country. And, you know, with a group of like, you know, surely had like three, four hundred people in the group, another four hundred waiting in the wings because you got to vet people. You got to go yeah. through this and make sure you're on top uh -huh. of it. Right. And, you know, her her and I, like Shirley and I are in the Toronto area. Right. So we knew that our circles probably went to Toronto, Montreal, Ottawa, like the central um, Canada area. But we knew that Kaya's out there in vancouver right over uh -huh. on the west side we know there's people over in the east side we know there's people all over the place who um have very different black canadian experiences and we want to bring all that together into one place to really represent and show just the breadth of how many black canadian creators there are and so what i uh what we put together is like we had a lot of these lists we've kind of put together in the back end and I'd actually gotten big into uh, creating lists on my website, which uh, we're doing really, really well when it comes down to ranking on Google. So I did one for dads. I did one for Toronto creators and they both did rather well. Search engine optimization, SEO. It's basically, the <laughs> I'm, I've gotten okay at it. <laughs> it's what you do in order to make sure your your uh, stuff ranks well on Google. And I already had an idea for your show, uh, Nicole. We're going to talk about this later. We're going to talk about this. But uh, essentially, we we you know took all this data we had in the back end and you know plugged into Excel, started looking up everyone's links, tried pretty up and everything, and we came up with in the Black Canadian Creator Directory. And mm -hmm. what it is, is a list of almost 500 creators and growing um, across yeah. the country. Canadian people, Canadian, eh? Yep, yep, yeah, Canadian, A, you know? A? And it's just but, like, it's it's but, awesome. Go ahead, Charlie. Not just, sorry, not just in Canada, but we also want to acknowledge there are so many mm -hmm. amazing creators who are out, who are Black and Canadian, but they're expats, but they're mm -hmm. continuing to... You know, like I know some lives in Atlanta, some are in Ghana, but they're in there too. We have one in Dubai. We need to go visit. We need to go visit yeah. Dubai and tra travel first class. Yes. But yeah, and create. It's it's not just it's not just living here. Like the Canadian, you can you can have lived here and be elsewhere, and the Canadian spirit and Canadianisms follow you wherever you go. You can be anywhere on this globe. And it's still part of you. And we want to make sure we brought all together into a space where we could show that we have this massive, massive group of creators. And we, we, we went hard at it. We just basically we came up with a press release. We showed it on the news. We were in podcasts. We were all over the place. And it's done rather well. You know, it's off to a, a good start. And the good thing about it is that now that it exists out there in the wild, we just build on it. It's something that doesn't just go away. It's not like a social media post where it shows up one day and it's gone. It's there. It, it's doing well on Google right now. And we will continue to build on it and grow it as time goes on because it's so important that not only do we recognize the people who are already, you know, black creators that are out there doing their thing, we need to show anyone who has 
felt scared to enter this arena or they felt that, you know, they wouldn't feel that they find a community because they don't see anyone that we are here and we exist. We just needed to find a better way to represent that and show it. So that's that's a big crux of why we wanted to make sure we had something like this. Are you starting to see results from the directory? I actually, it's funny you said that I had a conversation two weeks ago with someone who is in Milwaukee and I know a black woman, she's a content creator and she's in Milwaukee and she saw that, you know, we connected before, but she's like, Hey, I saw you have the directory out. Congratulations. It's amazing. And, um, and it's created for her because she's in film to connect with someone like Allison Duke. Wow. And, and I want to really like, you know, <laughs> I used to be like thinking to myself, am I too much of a stickler because I vet every single person before the, the directory? Um, I vet every single person on, on YouTube. But when I spoke with her, it was a testament of the importance to do so because vetting people like like the way that I did in the group and now it's translated into the directory thanks to Casey um this woman in Milwaukee got to connect with an amazing filmmaker like Allison Duke and now she's thinking to coming to Toronto and create a project and Allison helped her Allison provided her some information on where to go if she's thinking to come to Toronto to consider of where to apply or what to do in terms of being a filmmaker on an international front to step out of Milwaukee. I was amazed by the story. I was like, that's I'm, I'm dope. Loving this. Yes. This is so dope, you know, like, and I was like, I was like, you know what? And it's not the first, like I know uh, someone like Destiny who've had opportunities to you know, sometimes people will, you know, I, I, I'm, I consider myself a bridge. Maybe I, I really think it's my ancestors. It's just a thing <laughs> that they've provided um, to, you know, like she was, she had a chance to be on television in Guelph to talk about, you know, her struggle right. health wise and her amazing, she's an author. Um, so I, and that's just like, that was just at the peak of the directory. I can't even, I'm excited to what else it will do for other people. So you know, how do we like get into this directory? I'm, I'm just, wait, I'm just going to do something fun here. Hold on, hold on. I'm just going to do, like when you launch the directory, like to, to see how like amazing that you guys are. Um, like Casey, you created like little, um, what do you call it? GIFs or GIFs? What do you call the thing? The icons on it? Yeah, and you created mm -hmm. those things so quickly, and then Shirley did 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 this, and like this is gonna be like a five. Oh, you mean the promo second. pieces? Yeah, go yeah, ahead. And they forget my name. Aim, aim, aim. They call me help. They call me Stacy. They call me help. I just love it so much. I play it all the time. I love it so much. And this, this is when you say the fun side of creators, because you've been creating these things. I should have pulled up yours, Casey and Shirley. Like you've been just, you've been just doing these things and, and things will just pop into my inbox like this. And it's the power of creators. Like I look at their authors, their bloggers, their writers, their, you know, 
people who are doing all sorts of things, movie makers, filmmakers behind the scene. And I'm just like so excited by what this is doing. Like how can one get in to now to be on this, this list? I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I know you people. This is the first time I'm like, this is one of the few times I'm like, I know them. And so I'm high up on the list. Don't put it in alphabetical order yet. Cause I like being, cause otherwise I'd be at the bottom of the list. Right. I'm going to have to put an A in front of the A. I don't know. I'm going to have to create something A to be at the top of the list, but I like where no, I am no. right now. See, this, okay, this is the thing the about creating a tool. You you get to control how the tool represents itself. <laughs> so I literally like, you know, I told it's so it's funny. Like when we sat down and we put this together, I remember we have a, we have a group chat for y'all who don't know. There's like about six or seven of us all together who like we're, we're running a group. And I was like, all right, guys, we're at the top of this list because, because I can. <laughs> and then they put like a few other friends after that so like they think the top 20 spots are kind of like spoken for but right. yeah no on uh on each of our sites on my site uh shirley's site and Kaya's site we actually all have links to a uh, uh, google or a google form where you can put your information in and what that does is when you click the submit button on there it goes into a spreadsheet and then the spreadsheet i do a little bit of magic on the back end automatically populates the um directory right after that so i did a lot i put a lot of code in there to make sure it would be as easy as possible to maintain because what often happens you know if you look at a lot of lists of top um black creators and things like that they they start off hot in the beginning but they get outdated really quickly because they just become so painful and onerous to keep on top of as you find new people but by getting like this it basically auto updates every 15 minutes um we we just have to change a little bit of stuff on the back end in order to make sure it's maintained and we want it to be as both usable as possible by people who come across it so it's searchable sortable and we try to keep it as current as possible with all the links and on the back oh, end it's easy to maintain so we're just like want to make sure it's an easy tool for everyone to use I for both my, sides i need my seo look 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 how she hustles is on here emily's on here yay i made it excited to join and hear these amazing speakers good evening good evening emily um you Can know, I she, just yeah, add to you this? Need to link to the list. You, you sure do. You need to link to the list. Yes, this you is do. where we're at, y'all. I feel like I, Emily. I think. I think Emily. She you're on the list, Emily. Don't worry, I put you on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're in there. <laughs> I think you're in there, girl. Uh, <laughs> uh, but what's what's amazing about this list too is that, and it, I like what you just said to Casey because other people have created their own like list in terms like you know top 30 black canadian bloggers you need to know or things like that but what was what i was finding is that they they seem to fit a certain mold yes and with this it's not you don't have to be either looking like a model or be a certain mold or or that mold could be only a certain only people on the list that has x amount of followers would be on it's really about like embracing whatever, how you look or whatever size, whether you're a nano, micro or super influencer, everyone is, is there. You know, the idea really is A, for people, you're going to be searchable thanks to like Casey's genius with like te the template and things like that. And, <laughs> and, um, but also it's, it's not just for for people outside of the black community to see you and find you, but also in hopes that within the community that it will, you could see yourselves and hopefully be inspired by that list and, and really hopefully collaborate in that example of someone in Milwaukee 
connected uh, with someone in Canada. Listen, we're going you know? on to the clubhouse. We're going on to the Twitter. We're going to do some Instagram lives. We're, you know, if, if I'm, I'm in the mood right now after this show, we need to just jump onto Instagram and, and Instagram and just talk about the, the Black Canadian content creator because we can do it because we, we, we are content creators. Actually, you know, it's funny. I've been using the word curator to describe stuff. So funny. It's funny how you said, Shirley, you were described as a curator because I believe that I'm curating conversations. I'm curating these podcasts. And so I'm glad to know that I'm using the now language. And I, and I see Miss Wendy Jones here, the musician extraordinaire, the writer, the creator. She says, I need to get on this list. Yes, Wendy. Wendy Jones, you need to be on there. Casey is ready for you. You see all those links in there. Now, listen, we're going we're gonna to wind down pretty soon. And I'm going to ask these content creators some creative questions here. Because, uh, you know, we just got to end, you know, on some interesting notes. We, we need some legacy pieces from these content creators. So tell me, in a nutshell, Miss Shirley, what's next for you? Uh, what's next for me? Besides um, singing. Besides singing and dancing <laughs> on, my, on my Instagram or TikTok? Um What's next? I, I I mean, we had a conversation with someone who's a filmmaker, remember, Casey? And uh, there seems to be a need of getting together. People want to, uh, it's been coming up a lot. So it's really either to create, even if it's starting small, uh, as you know, an in-person networking event um, where, you know, other creators can connect with other creators in real life. So it's definitely something that's been brewing in my mind. I'm ready. Okay, we're planning that event. Okay, we're, we're the next what three months? Okay, we're done. We're we're doing it. Yes. We can do it virtual, so we can create, we can curate. But all the ones, even if they're living abroad in Dubai, even and they're Canadian, eh? Mm, that's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We can start virtual and then go to venue because we're going to save money. We're going to get it done, and we won't delay. But I, I'm really too want to try to push this year because a lot of the creators that are on the list are predominantly in Ontario, really Toronto. So mm-hmm. having Kaya there is awesome. But I, I and and people like Natalie from uh you know Peg City um from the Peg I mean I, I really am trying to push for 2022 outside of Toronto. I, I really, I'm trying. So we're you know, out in the rest of go like We're going to go virtual first, and then we're going to get the money because everybody sees what we're doing. The SEO is going to go up because Casey is going to be in the back end. Then we're going to get the sponsors, and then we're going to do it in the next city. See, we oh, got yeah. to build. We got to build. talking to Tristan to see if we can, oh. like, have, you see what you content know, creators get together. And I'm, and I'm going to tell you, we have our little, you know, Saturday or Sunday powwows and, and, and stir each other's creative juices. Casey, what's next for you? Ooh, well, um, yeah, we did talk about Black Dad Matters. So that book needs to get written. So I'm working on that uh, ferociously right now. Um, and it's funny because I actually already have my next year Black History Month project. I'm already starting on just Perfect. because I'm like, finally I, taking ahead. I, yeah, <laughs> and this is not for you. That was a pun for other people who just call mm, us that's me. at the that's last me minute and say it's Black History Month <laughs> on the first of February. Can you? And and please, we say, don't call us and ask us to work for free. 
Mm. And, our, and our content has value. Our intellectual property is valuable. So stop calling black Canadian content creators, whether they're historians in particular, or people who are working in the DEI space or whatever space, and asking us to work for free and then telling us you're a non-for-profit and you have no money. You're big corporations. Put your money where your mouth is. I, that, was, that, that was brought to you by Victory Speaks because we're going to speak life into... Uh, black History Month and Black History Year because we're black all every 365 days of a year. And please stop cheating us because you just decided that you want to put on a Black History Month presentation. And I'm going to say one more thing because I know I asked you a question, Casey, but that piece there that you said just, just fired me up. And let me tell you, people, can you start supporting each other? Can you stop competing against each other and understand as creators, we can all be on this directory. Everybody has a frequency. Like, look, listen, Shirley has podcasts. This is a guru that I'm here, and I go to her for advice. And she doesn't, like, worry about Nicole's going to take over her space, and she's not bad talking to me behind anybody's back. And Casey is like, Casey just met me a year ago, and Casey's championing me. Can we just champion each other? Can we just all get along? People, creators, stop. Stop the madness. There are how many millions of people in Canada? Yeah, how many millions of people in the world? There's always a space for somebody. We do not need to sabotage other people. And this is why I love what you guys are doing and bringing the, the Black Canadian content creators, specifically Black, because you guys need to stop dividing yourselves and come together unified. Okay, I'm going to stop preaching now. You, <laughs> I, I, you know what? And I have to say, for someone who's been kind of like, you know, I, I do, I, I don't like to, put myself so much like I, I like to be in the background just you know like I don't do these but you've been dancing recently so stop it I know <laughs> but I I have seen the trend and the beauty that you know when I when I moved back to Toronto um gosh that was like in 20 when did I start black Canadian creators it's 2017 right. so I moved around 2015 and like working on it and I have seen such a beautiful shift you know, I, I, you know, the reason I started the space is because it was really inspired by two things. The community of Black people that when I started podcasting, there was very, very, very little of us. And mm -hmm. we somehow found each other back in 2010. And we, we, there was, most of them were predominantly American. And there's something about our American cousins maybe because racism is much more overt compared to here. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know what it is, but there was this innate sense of community that you don't even need to communicate. It's just, it was just there. And, and I really missed that. And I wanted to bring back to that to Canada. So when I started this, I have to be quite honest, a lot of the black Canadian creators were very silo, were very, mm -hmm. I don't want to share with other people because you're going to take away from my audience. Why am I going to do this? Right. And I'd say around 2018, like after a year of really like creating the space to now what I see today as someone who's like looking in the background quietly, there's such a huge shift. I have to say with our, with black creators here in this country, much more open, much more, collaborative much more about sharing like hey I, I i can't make it here right now but i want you to shine can you go shine tell them like yes. i can't make it but yes. i want you to be there like i see that a lot more 
um, where the collaborative aspect here uh, within our community as creators is, is, is just so amazing. And especially like the younger generation, it's so, see, like millennials, it's just so innate and natural to them. Like it really, honestly, it's amazing how they're, they're so about like creating, this is what I, I've always said, like they have a naturalness to kind of create their own collective. They have a, right, such a collective yes. state of mind and it's it's just amazing to see. So actually, I, if you could say one thing about your work, what would it be? That's a good question. One right? thing, not two, not three, one. Like this one word? One thing. But one thing? One paragraph, one thing. One thing. Um, collaborative bridge. <laughs> mm, that's a that's a good you know what that's a really good phrase for you collaborative bridge because that's really what you are. I see an image in your future, Casey. One thing you would say about your work. Unashamedly honest. Oh, that's good. That's true. You are. But, but you're good. That's you for know? real, for real, yeah. which I appreciate a whole lot, a whole lot. <laughs> it took a while to grow it, but I'm at the point now where it's just like, you know, I, I know how to be honest without, you know, necessarily offending people, I guess, you know, it's like, honesty doesn't have to be, honesty doesn't have to be like offensive. It was just something oh. like, here is the truth I'm working with, like accepting. Cause I have to it. say this to you, Casey, and I'm putting it out there, um, you know, doing this, being like a community builder, especially as a black woman, I don't know, maybe it's gonna piss off some people. But um, as you being a man, it's one of the things that I've always had like a wall because it's happened so many times where, you know, men will try to take advantage or mm. step, step over, uh, try to manipulate you because they want to like have your list like oh I'm gonna take over her space and da -da -da -da. you know what I mean I see it you know uh, I was raised by a narcissist so I see it from way far <laughs> you know but there's something you are about you um people like you people like Tristan people like I see Bailey may he rest in peace may he rest in power is that you are unabashedly honest like Casey yes. even with this idea was like look we're gonna do this directory this here's this idea I'm gonna be real like it's you know selfishly it's gonna be putting me out there okay girl but <laughs> and I love that about Casey you know what I'm saying and you know what you don't feel for lack of a better word you don't feel pimped you feel no, I, actually in it, you feel this collaboration, but you feel a real collaboration. You feel community. You feel, and it feels like family, you know? Right? And I hope everybody who comes into this space understands that. No. And, I, and I appreciate that from you, you being a, like, honestly, I have to say as a man, because some, a lot of times as women, uh, there are men who take advantage or think yes. that they want to take advantage. And, you never had that. You are you are unabashedly so honest, and how you are so open to 
you know, your plan, like, look, this, this is the reason why I'm doing it. And I want you to know, Hey, this, there's this aspect in that. And, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's for me, for us, for the community. And I, I just love that about you, Casey, like Casey. Yeah. Me, yeah. The New York flowers on the victory speak. Show oh yeah. Tonight, trust me. Cause some me, people, I, listen, you need, some people it, have approached me and be like, Oh, did you see? Oh, Casey. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know. He told me. <laughs> yeah. this is they, can't, they can't even come they can't even come with <laughs> they, it. they can't even come with it and this is why it's so important this is why it's so important to have your inner circles that you can talk to and be real and be honest you know you have to have your mentors and you have to have your mentors in all the spaces people stop lying to each other stop lying to others just be truthful it will take you so far anyways i'll go off i'll come off my soapbox now so uh Casey, what does victory look like to you in your life? Shoot, this right here, honestly, it's just being able to have um, a positive impact on the world and people really understanding your intentions and where you're coming from. Like, you know, being able to build things with people I, I, I truly respect and love, being able to, you know, live each day feeling like, you know, not every day is your best day. But I feel like if you can make your honest effort to make make the most out of every day you have, that's what I'm always going for. That's what I'm always trying to find. The little victories add up to the big victories. So I'm always looking every day to see what are the things I can solve that day so that we can get to that end solution. And sometimes, you know, not every day feels like a win. But I think if more days feel like wins than not, you're doing all right. So that's what victory looks like. Come on, Shirley. What does victory look like to you? Moments like this is amazing to me. You know, I've had, you know, I I shared this in Carlina, you know, where there's been moments where sometimes I'm like, why am I doing this? You know, or other people are like, why are you doing this? Like, you know, and I've had my heart broken from, you know, I'm sure someone like Emily understands this when you create like any type of community work. And but moments like this, this is victory. You know, the directory is victory. Like the fact that people are going to be seen is victory for me. Like I just want us to win as black people, especially in this country. I want us to win. And and when I say like my ancestors, I I come from a line of warriors that, you know, l'union fait la force, that means unity is power. And I've been raised in that as a Haitian Canadian. I've been taught history and and in any movement, you don't win alone. Like, as a kid, like, you just can't, you just can't. So... Um, there is really true power in unity and in everything that I do. Um, and this is an example of that is, is kind of like my modern or different way of continuing what my ancestors did, you know, the sacrifice that they did mentally, physically, emotionally to free themselves to be the first Black Republic. This is my way to repay and say thank you by moments like this directory black canadian creators the podcast all of that it's 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 my way to create these kind of moments that they did for me to be here 
this is a victory moment for me just hearing you guys say that because that's what i want victory to be it's you know it's not about for me victory is not about a sprint it's it's a marathon and it's not about crossing the finish line first it's crossing the finish line as your best self and everybody's passing the baton to each other and you know surely may have started the race but if i got the baton at the end by the time you know casey hands it to me and i cross the finish line we are all going to get that gold medal at the end and that's what victory is you know for me it's a marathon it's not a race so Shirley, you alluded to one of your favorite quotes because you said it there. Casey, do you have a quote or a, mo a motto that guides you or drives you? So many. Um, you know what? I I like to tell my kids all the time that I run by a show and prove mentality. Um, I feel like, you know, it's, it's so you can have all the intentions of the world. You can have all these things in your head that you want to do. But until you can prove them you know, into existence, they prove that you're able to do things or, you know, it's, and a lot of times people will tell you, you can't do things that something is beyond your grasp, beyond your ability. You don't have the time, the backing, the resources. And, you know, sometimes it'll take a day. Sometimes it'll take a year. Sometimes it'll take decades, but you can get there if you just work at it a little bit at a time. Like the directory is a perfect example. Like Shirley and I had this idea some years back like a couple years ago and you just couldn't get it together because life was too busy and then a pandemic happened and out of the pandemic we found the time to just sit down put it together and make it happen and show and prove and so that's a big thing for me to be able to make sure that you know you can dream anything just find a way to sit down do it yourself collaborate with others however it needs to happen but show and prove is a big thing for me oh you're on mute I'm on mute. I broke my own rules. I am on mute. Um, as a as a content creator, um, or even through through this life's journey, if you can sum it up into a couple sentences, what are some of the lessons, life lessons you've learned along the way that could probably benefit another content creator or a black father in an interracial relationship? Because we spoke about that today. Hallelujah. Okay, on the content creator one, believe in your craft. Uh, someone is finding value of it somewhere. You never know who it's going to be. So keep doing what you do and grow and get better at it. And as a black father, <laughs> honestly, the only people that are going to be your measure of success are your kids and how they feel about you. If you can be the person they need oh, you to yeah. be, you've won. That's it. Don't compare yourself to anybody else. Check in with your kids. Make sure you are the dad they need you to be. And that is all you need to do. Drop the mic right there. Somebody write that down. Quote that quote. We're going to have to quote you on that, Casey. And Miss Shirley, what are the lessons you've learned along the way that can help another content creator and being a mom in an interracial relationship? Ooh, as a content creator, just do it. I know. It's mm, I know. But it's so true because, look, I as a podcaster, I... I and, I've spoken to so many people who want to start a podcast and they're like, they question, they're like, what should I do? And they start doing all this research and they have this huge plan. Some of them have been sitting on it for four years, whether it's a podcast or a blog or YouTube. And I tell them like, there's no one in this world, but you, oh. you need to put yourself out there because your message can resonate your life, your experience, who you are can resonate with someone else and they need you in like they need to hear you and so it. don't don't 
don't worry about what other people are doing. You'll figure it out, you know, but just, just get going, like really just do it and then learn your craft. Uh, you and know, for a, a woman in your position in the relationship, in, in a relationship, relationship, what's, what's your, what's the lesson you've learned that can help that woman? Ooh, especially as a black woman. <laughs> oh, man. You only get to pick one thing. Oh, I know. It's difficult because here's the thing. I hear you. <laughs> I said this, this, okay. Um, can I, okay, I'm, I'll try not, I'll try not to get too deep. Living in a society that we are that predominantly is built for white men mm -hmm. is a whole different ballgame. So you have to make sure, and I, I love this. This is from a friend who is an activist. Um, and it's interesting because many people I know who are activists are in interracial relationships. And this is the reason why they're very good at why they do what they do is because of having access to the white world. And it's really about asking that question like, hey, do you, <laughs> this is what I tell black women, especially if you're going to get in an interracial relationship, ask the ask the person do you see color and if they say no get the hell out of there i love it yeah get the hell Maybe. out of there so shirley what would you say to your younger 30 year old self my younger self mm -hmm. oh to love to love and love and not love in fear Oh, I like that. To love and love and not love and fear. What about you, Casey? What would you say to your younger self? To my 30-year-old self, I tell him, yo, that kid's not going to ruin your life. Don't worry. You're you're going to be okay. <laughs> uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. And actually, he's actually going to enrich your life and you're going to become a better man for it. So don't you stress young 30-year-old Casey Palmer. And that would be to any young 30-year-old Palmer out there looking at you looking to you as a mentor and you know my last question for you tonight is and i want you to guys think about it if because you're content creators you're also activists and you're also influencers so if something happened tomorrow and every piece of information every post every video every article every story accidentally got deleted and then someone said, oh, I'm going to give you back one. What would the message be that you would want uh, brought back? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it before Shirley can. I'm going to say the directory because ultimately that's a piece of content that will oh. serve the rest of the community. And even if I'm gone and it's over for me, at least there's something that still serves everyone else. So that would be the thing I would want brought back. I agree with, I'm 100% with Casey on that. It's definitely the directory for sure. I love that. I mean, it really speaks to your heart. Like Shirley and Casey, I could not be more happier. I probably am saying wrong grammar tonight, but I'm so happy that you were my first guest back on season, season three of the Victory Speaks show. I feel victory. I feel victory. I can't lift, lift this hand too much, but I feel victory. I feel victorious. This is my love face, my victory face. And, uh, you know, what you're doing in your space, how you take the time to educate, to mentor, 
you know, you both have full-time jobs, yet you find time. I mean, we've only scratched the surface on what you guys do. And I'm going to ask people, follow Shirley, follow Casey. I've, I've, all the information has been going through in the chats and in the comments. Make sure and follow them. And if you want to be a part of the Black Content Creators, Canadian Content Creators, you know, let us know. I want you to show your love. Drop it in your comments, your love for, for Casey and Shirley for being here tonight. I want you, I'm going to leave you with a couple things before we wind the show down. Now, my quote is, Shirley and, and, and Casey is, love is in the details. Because love is a, it's a verb, it's an action. And we have to take those details. And I'm going to say to everyone, everyone, every day, seek to have an inspirational conversation with someone you know, or someone you've met today or you've met along the way. Your conversations can be inspired by your truth, your love, your story. Make sure they're meaningful. And even if it just starts with a smile, a smile, even through the mask, people can tell when you're smiling. I, I hope that everyone sees the victory moments in the week ahead. And as we get ready to leave this space, I want to offer you these tools to activate and cultivate your victory mindset. Are you listening? Create a vision for your personal and your mental health and wellness. It's time to be ferocious about it. Be intentional on how you will achieve your vision. And remember to cultivate that vision. It has to grow. And get ready to be transformed because it's transformative. Along the way, give yourself some ovation. And enjoy the moments of restoration and self-care. Yield and be humble to the process. Shirley and Casey, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for, for being here. And I'm going to just, you know, end on a good note. And we hope that you will continue to follow the Victory Speak show. I want to say bye to Shirley for a moment. Don't go anywhere, Shirley and Casey. Stay right there. I'm going to come right back to you. And as I just want to remind you to please follow.